Hey there. Because you're listening to this podcast, we at Blue Wire want you to know this. One, we freaking love you. And two, we want to learn more about you. Help us make more content you'll love by filling out a survey you can find in the description of this podcast. You'll help us out a ton, and you'll have a chance to win a Blue Wire t-shirt, hoodie, or a pair of AirPods. We appreciate you, hope you're staying safe, and want you to enjoy this podcast. Hello folks, Colin Kelly here from Rotoviz Overtime, a podcast I host along with Sean Siegel. And in just a little moment, we'll jump straight into the podcast. Before we do so, I want to let you know as a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% of a Rotoviz NFL pass right now on the rotoviz.com website. It gives you access to all of our content and tools and sets you up perfect for the NFL season. All you have to do is add the code 2020RVRADIO at checkout or by going to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. And of course, while you're listening to the podcast on the network, helps us out a lot if you can rate and review on your favorite podcast app. I really do appreciate that. As I mentioned at the start, Road of His Overtime with Sean Siegel twice a week. If you haven't already checked it out, be sure to do so after this show. But let's get straight into it. Enjoy the podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome into another edition of Bogey Free. I'm your host, Matt Jones. You can find me on Twitter at MattJonesTFR. And we are bringing back the solo show this week. I'm going to go through uh, my lineup review, which will obviously include the cash locks. And then we are going to go ahead and talk a little bit about the game theory piece that I put up uh, today. Hopefully, you've already seen it. Um, Officially now we are behind the PGA stuff is behind the paywall at Rotoviz, so uh, make sure that you are signed up so you have access to all the tools, the uh, article each week, the ownership projections, everything is going to be behind the paywall. If you uh, if you would like to sign up and you haven't done so already, uh, go ahead and use the code BogeyFree all lowercase and uh, it'll give you. Uh, a little bit of a discount down from $12.99 a month to $9.99 a month. Or if you want to just lock in the rest of the season, using that code will get you the rest of the year for $34, which uh, comparatively to a lot of other sites, I think is a pretty big bargain um, between the model, like I said, the ownership projections, the content, the optimizer, um, and some of the other cool tools that we have uh, live on Rotoviz right now. So, uh, hopefully you'll consider signing up. If not, I, you know, I will obviously be talking about a lot of my thoughts, uh, on the podcast each week. Evan will join me tomorrow to discuss the actual slate for the travelers, but we are going to, uh, first jump into the lineup review. So our two cash locks last week were Tony Finau, uh, at 8,200 and Victor Hovland at 7,600. Finau started off pretty hot on Thursday, um, but he couldn't really sustain it. That's kind of been uh, his hallmark lately. It's been sort of an inconsistent effort. Uh, So hopefully he'll get that straightened out soon, but he did still make the cut. Uh, He put up 87.5 DraftKings points and uh, finished in a tie for 33rd place. So not, not the greatest... 
uh, outcome for a cash lock. But again, we're we're making cuts right in the middle of the pack there. Uh, I think we will we will take that more often than not. Um, Hovland, on the other hand, at seventy six hundred, uh, really thought that he was just significantly underpriced, even with a strong field. Um, he he has immense upside and is obviously a supremely talented young golfer right now. He uh, he carded three eagles, which helped his uh, DraftKings scoring quite a bit. He ended up breaking 100 DraftKings points despite being outside of the top 20. Uh, he was he finished in 21st, but still to score 100 DraftKings points and uh, you know not be in the the top five or ten is usually a pretty a pretty uh, high end of your ceiling outcome. Um, so that was good to see. The uh, So far this season, we've had 18 out of the 20 cash locks make the cut, and about two-thirds of those golfers have finished in the top 25. Again, if you're if this is your first time listening and you're not totally familiar, the, the general rules for the cash lock are um, between the two salaries. I always make sure that it averages out to under $8,300, which is about the average for... Uh, each spot. I never pick any 5k, uh, or I'm sorry, not 5k, five figure golfers. Um, so never anybody at 10k or up. And um, they're, they're guys that I feel pretty confident on and am willing to go up to 100% exposure if I'm building uh, a bunch of lineups. But basically just two of my favorite plays that aren't always the most uh, the most obvious. Like it'll never be one of the top six uh, or seven price guys in the field. So hopefully that helps you out a little bit. The average scoring for that group so far is over 75 DraftKings points, which if you can if you can pencil in 150 DraftKings points from two of your guys and not cost yourself uh, much as far as average salary, I think that that's a, that's a pretty good start each week. So hopefully you've been following along with those. If you haven't, uh, go ahead and... Uh, consider to, you know, start. Um, so those were the first two guys that I locked into my lineup this past week. Uh, the most owned golfer overall in my lineup, uh, again, I only played one lineup this week, was Patrick Reed. He was $8,800, and he was uh, just over 26% owned. Uh, he just he just never really got anything going. Um, he had, like, a, a decent streak on the back nine on Friday where you kind of saw, you know, why I, (laughs) why I wanted him to be in my lineup. Uh, but you know, six or seven good holes of golf is not going to make you, uh, get into any cuts and play the weekend. So, uh, he finished tied for 110th and only scored 30 DraftKings points. So he, he kind of blew it for me. Um, just from from a lineup perspective, I already mentioned Hovland uh, broke 100 points. He scored 102 DraftKings points. The most expensive guy that I played was Justin Thomas. He was up at 10,900. He was the uh, second most expensive guy in the field behind Rory. And outside of his his first round, which he he was one over, and it looked like that was <laughs> it looked like that was kind of going to be a disaster. Um. He ended up going 66, 66, 63 uh, through the rest of the tournament, finished in a tie for eighth place, 
and scored 111 DraftKings points. So that's definitely uh, that's definitely a solid outcome for him uh, after starting out. He came into Friday outside of the top hundred in the tournament. So um, I think we can uh, we can, we can feel pretty grateful that uh, that he ended up figuring it out and playing pretty well down the stretch there. He was the obviously the cover boy. Um, so it, it's always nice when when those guys do well and finish in the top 10, um, just to, uh, make me feel a little bit better, even though I bricked with these lineups this week. Um, the two lower price darts that I played to be able to get up to Justin Thomas were Bez at 7,200 and Harry Higgs at 6,900. They were both 2%, uh, owned or lower, but they had scored well in the power ranking model. So I, you know, I obviously wanted to get them in, in the lineup. Uh, Bez had a shot at a top 20 finish, but he uh, ended up, I think it was 17 that he bogeyed, and that pushed him that pushed him out of there, and he ended up tied for 28th, uh, but did score 95 DraftKings points because he had uh, a couple of bonuses. He had a, a birdie streak, and he also had all four rounds um, under 70, which was nice. Um, Higgs was... Like I said, 6,900, and he just, he couldn't get that, like, very low round. He went 69, 68, 70, 68, so he just never, he never really got the the uh, the putts to fall uh, consecutively, and it ended up, um, it ended up with a so-so performance from him, scoring only 70 and a half DraftKings points. Before we jump into the uh, the game theory piece that posted today over at Rotoviz, I do want to tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, Bet Online. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and Bet Online is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all PGA, UFC, NASCAR, boxing, soccer matches. Um, if you need more action, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and even some UFC stuff going on every day on their website. If you're looking for something other than sports, they have casino games, they have poker tournaments. Um, I've played a bit in the in their poker uh, rooms, and there's some there's some good action to be had there. Uh, and obviously, they have prop bets and everything else you could think of. So make sure you visit BetOnline.ag. Use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. And uh, they'll hook you up and get you started. That's Bet Online, your online wagering experts. All right. So I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the Game Theory article that posted today. I'm going to go through uh, each of the salary ranges at, over the next couple of weeks. Today was the 9,500 and up range. Um, just real quick, we, we do a lot of this work here at Rotoviz, whether we're talking about figuring out roster construction with some of the tools that Mike Beers put together for the site, um, just trying to find an edge through, uh, through structure basically, right? So, um, I've been sort of bouncing back and forth with Blair. Uh, if you know Blair, he's one of the editors here. And obviously, um, for my money, one of one of the sharper writers that we have in the industry when it comes to fantasy football. Um, we have been going back and forth with this article for a little bit. 
And I wanted to figure out a way to sort of quantify what um, what ownership and uh, salary and performance, how they're all tied together. We're pretty aware, um, if you've played golf before, at PGA DFS, that is, or actually regular, real golf too, um, you kind of know that there's uh, there's a lot of randomness, right? There, there's a bad bounce here, a bad bounce there. Uh, a guy comes in and his back stiffens up on him mid-round. There's all sorts of different things that can affect a golfer's performance. Um, and to be totally honest, we don't we don't have the luxury um, that a lot of other sports do when it comes to trying to predict and project golfers because of this variance. Um, and obviously, you know, you we have to make the cut. We have to we have to do all of these things just to even get four rounds out of our golfers. And then we're picking six guys at a time to all do that at the same time, which obviously introduces quite a bit of luck and variance. And however you want to state that, it is what it is. But it, there's there's a lot that has to go right for you to get a 6-6 six six lineup through. Even in a week like this week, where um, I believe if you looked at cut sweats, um, the 6-6 six six percentages were... Uh, like hovering between like eight to ten percent ish, um, even on a week like that, just because you built twenty lineups and threw them in the birdie doesn't mean that you are just like a lock to have a couple of six to six lineups. Like it's, it it really you can go sideways because of being overexposed to one guy. Um, and in other sports, we just don't have to really worry about this, right? Like you think about NFL DFS, um. If Christian McCaffrey doesn't, uh, you know, has 2.8 yards per carry and dropped a pass in the first quarter, it doesn't mean that he doesn't get to play the second half. In in golf, if you if you have a guy who's not playing well for the first quarter, you know, or the first round, basically, there's a chance that he's not playing the weekend, and you're at a significant disadvantage at that point, um, because you know, you're just not getting, you're not getting any, like, any floor of scoring from those guys. So it's pretty important um, to understand all of that before we even begin to worry about game theory uh, and how to, how to build lineups. The reason why game theory is so important is because of all that variance. So we have, uh, we have a few years of data to look at. I looked back for the past few seasons, back to the start of 2018, I only took full field events um, that had a cut. So your WGC type events, um, exhibitions, things like the Hero World Challenge, those, I, I don't think that that's, there's a good, um, you know, one-to-one comparison to be had there. So I, I excluded them. I may go back to it and do a specific... Uh, game theory, you know, no cut event specific piece, but um, for now it's excluding all of that. So what what I basically do in this uh, this week's piece is take a look at the ninety five hundred dollar and up range. So what does ownership even look like in that range? Right? Are we are we always looking at guys that are going to see twenty percent ownership? How does it all break down? So basically, I took. Four different groups. Um, I took every golfer that was 9,500 or more 
in any of these events that we're talking about. And I broke it up into four separate groups based on their ownership. The top group I called Mega Chalk. That's basically 20% owned and up. Uh, then the next level down was just regular chalk, you know, owned guys. That uh, kind of falls between 14 and 20%. Then the medium-owned guys were between about 10.8 and 14%, and then low-owned was below 10%. So any guy that you could get uh, essentially at single-digit ownership with the like 0% owned guys cut out for obvious reasons because we, we don't want to include golfers that aren't owned at all because there's probably a reason for that, whether it's a withdrawal but they still were in the player pool and, and different things like that. So basically, we're looking at uh, sort of 14% being that cutoff between, um, you know, higher owned and lower owned. And we've seen golfers in this range actually push like close to 50%. Dustin Johnson, a couple of years ago, uh, during the Genesis Open, was 46% owned across um, the main single entry three entry max or 20, 20 entry max and under 50 max. So you're, you're definitely, uh, you're definitely going to find some super chalk, uh, in this, in this range. And really the question then becomes, are we any good at deciding who is getting all of that ownership? Like if we, as a community, and this is definitely community driven because podcasts, articles, shows everything drive ownership right the more that we're talking about somebody in the industry the more people who are listening are likely to click on those golfers names when they're building lineups whether it's on purpose and uh you know whether you're doing it because your favorite uh podcast host or whatever said that they're a good play or if it's just subconscious sometimes right like you you hear a name enough you see it scrolling Twitter enough, and you're going to land on that guy at some point. So are we any good at this? If we were, the highest owned guys would score the most DraftKings points. The lowest owned guys would score the least DraftKings points. And we could all, you know, frolic on our unicorns and fly over the rainbow and everything else. Obviously, that's not, this is not necessarily the case. We, we are not good at this. Um, I broke up the performance of this entire price range, not thinking about, um, not thinking about ownership, uh, but just 9,500 and up an 80th percentile outcome, 97 DraftKings points. The average score was 73 DraftKings points and the floor, uh, which is like a 20th percentile outcome is 42 DraftKings points. I'm not going to go through all of the numbers. If you wanna, if you wanna see each uh, each thing broken down individually, you can definitely check out the article. Um, but basically, in this range, you're really looking at super thin margins um, for a ceiling outcome. I really am only focused on a ceiling outcome because we're talking about ownership, we're talking about GPPs on DraftKings specifically, and if you're doing, if you're trying to get at that top like 1% finish or really like 0.5.05% finish to win a GPP, you're going to have to hit these ceilings, right? 
if you're doing that, you need to take chances and you need to uh, just simply avoid the chalk in this range. Like this week was a great example. Um, we had Sung Im was the highest owned golfer in the 9,500 and up range. And guess what? He goes ahead and misses the cut. Now, obviously, I'm not sitting here saying that that one instance proves all of this, but this has been, you know, fleshed out over the past couple of years, and this is how it breaks down. There's going to be weeks where the the high-priced, high-owned golfers hit and hit big, and if you're if you're playing the game theory angle, um, you know you're gonna you're gonna have some weeks where this misses, um, but you can't really expect to just turn a profit in GPPs by hitting floor outcomes and hoping for the best. So really, the focus should be their ceilings, and um, it it just it just simply isn't worth uh, eating all of that expensive chalk every week um as long as you're as long as you're managing your bankroll the right way and you are um you know really paying attention to ownership projections you're going to come out on top by avoiding those high owned guys so hopefully that makes a little bit of sense obviously if you have questions um or you want to hear sort of look at sort of a deeper dive at this you can definitely check out the article over at rotoviz right now don't forget, if you uh, are not already a member, you can use the code BOGEYFREE and get that discount that we talked about at the top so that you can uh, see everything for yourself. Check out the optimizer. Um, but I think that's going to that's gonna do it for this week. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed. Like I said, you can always reach out. I'm on Twitter at MattJonesTFR, uh, and I'm always willing to talk about this stuff. So we will see you tomorrow. Uh, I'll be back with Evan to talk about the Travelers Championship, and uh, yeah, good luck, and we will talk soon.